Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. Sports Betting Network. We are rocking and rolling here on a Monday. Welcome back into the Lombardi line, as always, presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. The man of the hour, Michael Lombardi, out on the East Coast at his office in Jersey. Also this hour, we'll be joined by NFL analysts here at VEASAN, Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver. Um, get his perspective on this league's offseason because he is one of the many great contributors we have to our VEASAN NFL betting guide that's coming out this coming Thursday. We'll also this hour carry over a conversation that we began yesterday looking at some different division odds that felt a little bit off. But where we're going to start here in hour two, Michael, is I actually feel like I'm going very against your boy Femi here because I'm talking Cowboys. That's usually like what he gets to do. So I feel like I'm out of my yeah. lane here a little bit. Well, we bit. got so many Cowboy fans at the so network many. between him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dave, Dave Ross. Ross yep. I mean, John Goulet. It's it's interesting how the Cowboys uh, have kind of permeated their way through this. I'm a 49ers girl, as you know, so I'm like programmed yes. with every part of me to hate the Dallas Cowboys, but we'll still open the hour talking about them. I'll allow it, especially because it's a actually a little bit of a negative thing, which I don't mind. Uh, Troy Aikman in a recent interview, obviously Cowboys legend, now NFL um, analyst for Monday Night Football every single week. He said in a recent interview about the Cowboys postseason issues that the problem for them is they just haven't played their best football when the games have mattered most and talked about his teams in the 90s and how they always played their best in the biggest games, and that's what allowed them to succeed. Can't put his finger on a reason necessarily as to why the Cowboys have struggled in the postseason, however, though. How do you feel about this Cowboys team and that they can seemingly deliver in the regular season but not get over the hump in the playoffs? Well, I think there's truth to what he said. There's no question that they have struggled. I mean, look, you have to go back to 1995 when they won the Super Bowl with Jimmy's team, even though Barry Switzer was the coach. Uh, you know, for me, I, a lot of the problems that, that stem in Dallas relate to their inability to build a consensus of a team. I mean, everything runs through the owner, so there's really not a culture within that building. And when you have to win critical games, home games, mm -hmm. and you have the first round by, 
are you able to do that? And have they had a great strategist other than Parcells and Jimmy Johnson as their head coach? I think that's the other issue. You know, Jason Garrett, to me, wasn't a strategist. He kind of was minding the store. I called him the clapper because he clapped all the time. You know, instead of feeling like he was involved in making the moves that you have to to win those games. So I think what Troy said is true. Now, McCarthy basically had a meeting this offseason with Jerry and said, look, I, I want to, you know, Jerry's guy originally was Kellen Moore. I mean, McCarthy took that job with Kellen Moore as the head coach, as the offensive coordinator. And so there, there was a lot of conversations about how they can improve come playoff time. And it started with perhaps changing the play caller. So, again, this is more strategy related than it is talent related. Yeah. And just to further that point, Dallas has finished either first or second place in the NFC East eight times the last 10 season, but but it hasn't translated beyond since their last Super Bowl. They're five and 13 in the playoffs with just one of those wins coming on the road. The mark also includes two divisional round losses, to your point, despite having the bye week to prepare in those spots. And so when we talked to Brian Broaddus yesterday of 105.3, the fan in Dallas covers the Cowboys very closely. He's a former NFL scout. He talked about the coaching turnover specifically and how he's very curious to see how that's going to shake out this year because from a personnel standpoint and players on the field felt like the talent is very comparable from what you see with the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles who played at a Super Bowl a season ago. Um, but the coaching turnover and the play calling, to your point, with Mike McCarthy taking over those duties and a number of other positions on the coaching staff as well, how that'll impact things. Do you think that the way that they have shaken up things for their coaching staff will have a positive impact this year? Like, what's your just gut feeling about McCarthy taking over these duties? I know you weren't the biggest fan of joysticks, so maybe it's a good thing. You know, I, I think it'll help, but I think there's got to be more to it, right? You've got to be able to practice. You've got to be able to do the things you want to do as a head coach, and will Jerry allow him to do that? You know, you know, Jerry is the general manager. He's on the radio. He's messaging the team. So those things, I mean, look, you know, Jerry has not done a great job of evaluating head coaches. He hired Parcells. He did a tremendous job with picking Jimmy Johnson. But then from there, it went to Barry Switzer, Chain Galley. We can't forget Dave Campo, you know, Wade Phillips. I mean, people forget when Wade got, Wade got fired the year after he lost a divisional round and Garrett took over for him. And then Garrett went three more years after as an interim coach and then as a full-time head coach before he made the playoffs. He went three more years, and then he lost the divisional round. Then the next year he comes back, he's 4-12. and 12. The next year he comes back, he wins the, loses the divisional round again. Then he goes 9-7, and seven, you know, and then loses the division. So there hasn't been any continuity or a, someone who understands how to be the head coach matters at the most critical time, and, and I worry about that. Can Mike McCarthy do that? I, I am concerned that it will all have a hard time coming together because it really has never come together regardless of who the coach. Parcells, even Parcells, you know, loses a wild card, couldn't win the division. Then the next year they don't win again. They go 6-10. and 10. So the inconsistencies tells me there's more going on there than meets the eye. Back-to-back, 12-win -back, regular seasons the last two years, but never even competed for an NFC championship in either of those spots. So – 
Um, we'll see what happens with the Dallas Cowboys this year. They are uh, sitting at a win total, 9.5, 14-1 in the Super Bowl odds, plus 190 in the NFC East behind only the Eagles and third in the NFC behind the Eagles and 49ers at 6-1. to one. This next headline I think you're going to like um, because we talked about it a lot over the last couple of days as it pertains to Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. But Elton Jenkins on Good Morning Football this morning talked about how much, yes, the Packers will miss Aaron Rodgers and the presence that he has but is ready for the future with Jordan Love, said, quote, when he first got into the league, obviously he wasn't our starter, but the way he walked around the locker room, the way he approached the game, he's always approached things as a starter. So we know that he's a really good player, just ready to go see him play. And an OTA said he's seen a lot of good things from Jordan, a lot of leadership, specifically mentioned his leadership a couple of times and how he's elevated in that area here so far this offseason. Yeah, I think to me, we, we lose sight about the intangibles that are required by a quarterback. You know, we get mesmerized by arm strength. We get mesmerized by delivery, loose plays. But what's made Jalen Hurts so effective is his leadership, right? He's a great player that leads. And I think Jordan Love can lead this team. And look, the cloud is no longer on the Packers, right? What, what, what often, ha and I've seen this firsthand, when you have a quarterback who's going to be 40 years old and he's been in one organization for a long time, the playbook will always go towards that quarterback, and the playbook becomes voluminous. And it and the playbook is tailored around the, what the quarterback, who has been an elite player, wants to do. It's just human nature. It has to be. He's your best player. Do what he does best. But the younger players can't catch up. It's a little bit like what happened with the Golden. Again, you know, one sport removed, you can learn something. The Warriors – with all their young talent that they drafted. Remember, they had three first-round picks one year, and all these young players trying to blend with the older players. There's been that resistance that goes on. You know, the, the, the young players don't quite fit into the roles that need to happen. That's what happened in Green Bay. You know, Christian Watson wasn't ready to play. Romeo Dobbs was hurt. They didn't have a tight end. All these things. So now without Rodgers there, everybody's kind of on the same platform. Everybody can kind of operate the same way. And we'll find out if love is good enough. But we know this. Defensively, they gave up 17 points the last five games. They created 10 turnovers. I mean, the only reason they couldn't beat Detroit was Detroit, in the first game, they, they forced four turnovers. The second game, they forced one. Green Bay only forced one turnover. They were minus four in those two, in those two games in their turnover takeaway column. And for us as, as betters coming at it from that perspective, hey, the lower expectations, the better just means you're going to get a better number on it if he ends up playing to the way that we think um, that team is capable of. Uh, speaking of the Packers, though, and a former Rodgers pass catcher, Mercedes Lewis says he's not ready to hang the cleats up yet, Michael. He said this week he's just waiting for a call and an opportunity to present itself for him to join a team for an 18th NFL season. Quote, I just want to compete, said his agent. Has been fielding some calls, but looking for a spot. Um... Lewis calls himself the best block and tight end out there. 18 years it's in the true. league, potentially. Do you think he still's got what it takes to be a contributor to a good team? Uh, I would be surprised if it, like, I would, why wouldn't Tennessee, who wants to run the ball, block, sign him? You know, he still has game left in him. You know, especially if, if, as you sit, one of the things you want to do in the summer is sit and visualize how do we have to play to win based on what we have, what we've seen so far. And if you're a team, like New England, who needs to run the ball and have balance. You need to have a block and tight end. Same thing with Tennessee. You know, there's some teams that need to 
the, the, the Chargers would be an ideal team for them so that they could utilize him in the passing game in terms of protection, but also give themselves a chance to run the football. I think Mercedes Lewis will get a job before the first week of camp. An 18th season would be the most for a tight end, 39 years old. Um, and one of the big things that we always talk about with players, especially in this league specifically, Michael, is health and availability. And he's only missed one game due to injury the last six years. So despite getting up there in age, he's been as durable as they come as well. So just kind of adds to that yeah, thought no process. And, and, and look, it's hard. It's hard to find. I think it's a lost position in the NFL. Russ Francis, the great New England Patriot tight end and played with the 49ers when I was there, he talked about it the other day. There's very few guys who can line up on the line of scrimmage and block the nine technique or block the seven technique and then get into the passing game. It's a dying breed. I mean, Mercedes isn't a pass receiver, but he can line up on the end of the line and block. We'll see if it's Tennessee or where he might end up, but hopefully he gets one more year because, like you said, he he feels like he's still got it. He's not ready to hang up the cleats just yet. We're going to step aside here real quickly when we return, discuss some of those other division odds that might seem a little bit off. Can we find value in other divisions like we can with Green Bay? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all of the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vsin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits at vsin.com. I just checked, by the way, for the College World Series as that rolls on today. We got 48% of bets on LSU minus the 135, but 65% of the handle. So it seems like some public bettors more so taking the 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 plus money here with Florida 
but the majority of money on LSU laying that number there. Um, let's go back to the NFL, Michael. We just wrapped up yeah. a, a good conversation, and we'll kind of keep it rolling. While well, we talked about the NFC East a good bit and the Cowboys and what it will take for them to overcome the Eagles or to make a push come the postseason, let's go to the West now in the NFC. And we talked the last couple of days about division finishing position and some odds that might be a little bit off, some that are right on. When you look at these numbers in the NFC West, the 49ers are an odds-on minus 160 favorite to finish in first in the division once again. Seattle, whereas last year they were coming into the season with a lot of people, myself included, that thought they might be one of the worst teams in the league, ended up having a tremendous year guided by Geno Smith. They're easily the top two in this division, and then the Rams and the Cardinals with fairly low expectations. I know I'm not a believer in the Los Angeles Rams, but do you think that maybe these odds are a little bit too long for them, especially as it pertains to at least finishing second in the division? Could they claw their way and put something together this year if Matt Stafford's healthy? I think the only chance there, Storm, is if they stay perfectly healthy. And perfectly healthy for them means Matthew Stafford plays all 17 games. Perfectly healthy means Cooper Cup has not lost a step, even though he's over 30 and he's coming back off an ACL. Perfectly healthy means that Aaron Donald is healthy and he's dominating and he's playing every single play. I think that's really hard, right? I think that's really hard. I, I think this is – I've asked a lot of people in the league about this. I said, why would McVay come back knowing this is going to be really a hard job? And the answer that I've gotten from people that know and have talked and is that you know, there was really nothing in television and he's committed to trying to turn this around more than a, more than a year. And then the always the follow up is, well, we'll see. And so I, I don't know if he realizes how hard of a job he's got in front of him. He's a great coach. There's no, he's a great offensive coach, but defensively, other than Aaron Donald, I mean, where else are they going to be a good team defensively? You know, they're going to start four or five college free agents in their defensive front. I mean, they're going to, the back end is going to be very difficult. They don't have a shutdown corner. You know, they don't have a great pass rusher. Leonard Floyd, they just had to let him go. So this is going to not be an easy endeavor for the Rams. I actually think 10 to 1 is too low. Really? I, I think it should be 20 to 1. Like, I'm not sure the Cardinals, you know, are, aren't at least a better equipped team with their depth than the than the Rams are. If the Rams lose Stafford, you're looking at Stetson Bennett playing the whole year. You could get Caleb Williams with this. So, and I'm but not remember, trying... Stormy, remember, we talked about this. They gave Stafford that $59 million. They They actually went deeper into the salary cap hell once they did yeah. that. So I'm not trying to sound funny here, and we know that the expectations for the Cardinals are extremely low, but because of what you just said there with thinking that, I mean, maybe they could even be better equipped in this position, would there be any interest in the Cardinals to finish third maybe at a plus 330 price in the division and thinking that the Rams, the wheels are just going to totally fall off the wagon here? Okay, let me give you an either or. This is just yeah. me thinking on my toes. <laughs> and either or, and I feel like neither one of these are particularly appealing wagers to place, but the Cardinals at plus 330 to finish third in the division or Sean McVay at 30 to one to be coach of the year. Because if the Rams did put it together, it would be a masterful job on his part. 
I think the Sean McVay coach of the year might be a St. St. Jude's play. I just think it's impossible. I just think he just doesn't have enough. You know, you have your as a coach, you gotta have a lot in your tool belt. And he's he's got a gimpy quarterback who can't stay healthy. I'm not sure he can play well if he's healthy. We might have seen the best of Matthew Stafford in, in two years ago. Mm-hmm. And if he gets hit, which we know he's going to, I would say the only thing on this board that we can look at that seems to be to have a chance, and I think it's a long chance. I don't think the odds are good enough to invest a whole year of money, six months of money into the reward, is the Cardinals at plus 330 to finish third. Okay. Let's go to the AFC North here, Michael. The Bengals are a favorite as expected to take the crown there in the division, but the Ravens got their quarterback signed. They add Odell Beckham Jr. There's some expectations for their offense with Todd Monken leading the way as offensive coordinator. The Browns, you expect Deshaun Watson to improve from what we saw on the field last year where he was really just getting his feet wet. We know their defense. The Steelers looking to take a step forward as well with Kenny Pickett in a similar situation from his rookie year, looking to mature and take step forwards as well. The odds for the division are, I mean, all relatively close. They're, even the Bengals to finish first isn't necessarily a pull away. Is there anything a little bit off with that to you? Do you think that Cincinnati should be a better, a bigger favorite? No, I don't. I think I think the the different. I think they're priced correctly. I think the Ravens are probably over uh, should be higher than they are. I think the Browns are undervalued at plus four twenty five. I think the Browns should be closer to three to one, not four 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 twenty five to one. So, I, and I mean, this, they're closer to the Steelers than they are to the Ravens, and I'm not yeah. sure that's correct. I kind of think this is all, you know, the Bengals at one fifty, and everybody else could be two twenty five, and I would say that's probably right. With but the, I like the Browns. I would take a shot at the Browns to at 425 to go in first place. I think that's a decent number there. With the Browns, because so much of their success is going to be reliant on Deshaun Watson, let's say he goes back to the guy that we saw with the Houston Texans when he was top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Do you think that it would be a St. Jude's play to bet on him for MVP based on just no. the – Well, so my question is because we know that that's such a – it's it's a type of award that people vote on and people in the public maybe aren't the biggest fan of him for off the field yeah. type of stuff. Is that a, a bet you would steer away from or do you well, think it's good? I would the say I would say he wouldn't win it, Stormy, but he'll win comeback player of the year. Now, you say to me, what's he coming back from? Well, you know, there's a, that's a, that, it's like Geno Smith. He won comeback player of the year. What was he coming back from being a backup? You know, what was what would Deshaun be coming back from? Playing horribly. Does that qualify? I don't know. But to me, the way they position these awards without clear definition of what is a comeback, you know, the way Watson played last year, it would qualify him if he had a sensational year and the Browns win the North, and he could win comeback player of the year. I don't know if they'll give him MVP. So I think it does qualify. It- just being terrible would qualify. I think that's why you kind of saw Jared Goff getting as much love as he was getting in the market last year. Watson for comeback player of the year is 60 to one. The only problem I have with that is because don't we think DeMar Hamlin's going to play this year? And if he just steps foot on a football field, is he not winning that award? Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. you know, it goes I mean, back to yes. that. It goes back to the Alex Smith thing. And granted Alex Smith 
when he ultimately played that season after having the devastating leg injury and, you know, the near-death experience that he went through, he ended up playing and playing well. But I was saying going into that year, if he ever just gets an opportunity to be on the football field and comes back, he's going to win that award, and he did. So I, I get that same kind of yeah. feeling with the Hamlet situation. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you there. I, I think you're right. I, I do think you're right. So, uh, but, I mean, to me, like, it, it just high, to me, Watson at 60 to one. Yeah. And if the Browns win, I mean, that's a fairly significant play. I, I, I can't imagine Watson plays Stormy as bad as he, there's just no way. I mean, he was, he, I mean, the guy missed so much football. You know, it's it goes back to why do we think Trey Lance is going to be MVP? The guy's missed three years of football. We saw Watson, who's had a capable career, couldn't do it. So you say, well, well, Lance is practicing. Yeah, but that's not the same. Watson practiced too. Michael, Trey Lance has shorter odds for MVP than Brock Purdy. How? I, I, I can't get – how is this – I mean, other than the other than our, our, our illustrious uh, – uh, some of our hosts that love him as the MVP. I, I don't know who else. I don't, I don't talk to anybody who's playing it. I mean, did you read, you're a 49er fan. Did you read Kyle Shanahan and the Adam Schefter's condensed version of that podcast? Kyle Shanahan doesn't even see it. Well, he's just not trustworthy. Like I, I haven't seen anything on the football field to leave me to believe that he's going to be this dynamic player that so many people thought and expected him to be especially to start last season. It was it was very like hard to watch, to be honest with you. Um, but for him to have shorter odds than Brock Purdy because people think that the upside is higher ultimately, I just have seen nothing to, like I don't, tr I can't trust him as far as I would throw him at this point when it comes to Trey Lance. We have to <laughs> yeah, take a, a quick break here, but Mike Pritchard, VSIN's NFL analyst, former NFL wideout, he joins us next, talking his input to the NFL guide. You won't want to miss it. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's always football season here at VSEN, which is why we're giving you this year's NFL guide early. Our 2023 NFL betting guide is going to get released on Thursday. We're here to help you get ahead of all things this upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as 19 bucks. Before we release this NFL guide coming up Thursday, sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's super easy to do. One of our great contributors to this guide joins us now on the Lombardi line. Mike Pritchard, VEASAN lead NFL analyst, former NFL wide receiver, also won a college football national championship at Colorado. We want winners on this program, and we have one in you, Pritch. How are you? I'm excellent. Stormy, great to be with you and Michael. How are you guys doing? Good. Good as good, always. Good. Thanks All for right. joining us. I know I know so much work went into putting this guide together, and we'll talk a little bit in a moment about your specific contribution to this year's um, guide. But I want to carry over a little bit of the conversation that Michael and I were just having as it pertains to the NFC North and kind of the competitiveness of this division, the Browns are third on the odds board to win the division. But do you anticipate Deshaun Watson to have a little bit of a resurgence, become more of the quarterback that, I mean, he got paid to be after a letdown year last year. He just spent so much time off of the football field. How competitive do you think he can be and he can make the Browns be this season? 
you know, Stormy, I, I think he'll be better. Um, I, I think he can help the Browns be more competitive from an offense standpoint. My my concern would be the defense uh, and going to Schwartz and because Joe Woods is a, was a different character. Like I, I have experience from covering the Broncos and Joe Woods was out there in Denver. Um, and, you know, from his coaching style and the players that they had in Cleveland, obviously it didn't work out, right? Is Schwartz going to be able to tap into those players and get a lot out of that defense? Uh, it's a culture division too. I mean, think about Harbaugh, uh, Tomlin. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw in Zach Taylor to a certain extent because they've implemented something uh, that, has been successful, uh, you know, from a culture standpoint. And then there's Stefanski uh, and Cleveland. And, and, you know, you think about the up and down roller coaster nature from leave, moving on from Baker to now you got Deshaun and, and, and all the baggage that he had bringing in uh, into Cleveland. So that's a lot to bring into this division to be highly competitive. I think they'll be better, but I, I'm, I'm not looking for them to, to make any noise, uh, if you will, in that division in terms of winning that division is all at all. Mike, what what is your concern about Deshaun? Do you think that the rhythm of his game just isn't going to come back? Or do you think that, you know, he played good on a bad team and maybe he just doesn't help make a team better? You know, Michael, it's interesting because I, I think quarterbacks typically elevate an offense. In other words, um, for instance, Patrick Mahomes, right? You know, you you want to be structured. Uh, you you want your, your footwork in the pocket to help you distribute the football. Uh, but but when things break down or, or you know, when you have to turn into to a playmaker, uh, can you do that consistently? I, I think Deshaun is the opposite. I think he's a playmaker, but he's not structured, right? Uh, and, and he's not structured to, a, to where he's got the experience with Stefanski and his offense and, and how to be structured. So it, it'll be interesting to see if they can bring that out of him this offseason. And, and maybe when we watch him in preseason, he has to get some run. Uh, in preseason, I would think uh, maybe not a lot, but you know, if he's not getting a lot of run, then obviously uh, the Browns are happy with his structure and his performance during camp. Uh, but if we see him out there in training camp, then I, I think they're working on some things uh, in particular to get Deshaun to be that pocket guy and to be uh, structured to where that, that offense can be highly successful. Talking the AFC North with VEASAN NFL analyst Mike Pritchard, familiar voice to Lombardi Line listeners, fill in host here on this program specifically. As it pertains to the AFC North right now, with the exact order, like how would you foresee at the end of the year this division playing out on paper top to bottom? Oh, I'm high on the Bengals. <laughs> I think uh, I think Joe Burrow going into year four is going to be spectacular uh, with that football team, that core. Um, I, I think they have a lot, a ton of confidence and they're, they're in that prime window too. Uh, Baltimore, you, you know, with all the talent that they have on the roster, it's going to be interesting. I think Pittsburgh is always going to be there. Uh, and, and sneaky, sneaky off season for them in terms of defense. Uh, I, I like what they've done. Uh, I've liked what they've added, but then also the chance of that young group of players to kind of grow a la, you know, what we've seen with, with Cincinnati. And then. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Cleveland still brings up the rear uh, in that division as well. Yeah, it's it, it going to be hard for Cleveland. We also talked about the NFC West and my conversation about the Rams focused a lot on, you know, is Matthew Stafford going to stay healthy? Can they come back? Sean McVay, is he in this for the long haul? You know, they have really three great players and then no depth at all. Uh, what's your what's your analysis of what do you think the Rams can do next off next year? 
or this year? You know, Michael, it's, yeah, it's interesting because they went all in, you know, chips to the center of the table for a Super Bowl, uh, and they won it. Uh, now, uh, you know, they don't they don't have many chips left <laughs> if you think about it, right? And uh, the the key chip, I think, is Matthew Stafford and and that bruised spinal cord situation that he's coming back from. Uh, and I don't know how that's going to play out. I, I tell you that that if I was Matthew Stafford and a bruised spinal cord, uh, that would probably scare me out the league, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I don't know where the Rams are going to go. You mentioned it. They don't have quality depth. Uh, they haven't been able to rebuild through the draft. And, and so going all in that way, uh, I, I think they're going to try to make it up as they go along. Although uh, I think if you're looking to replace Matthew Stafford, uh, I said this before, I think they're closer to, uh, losing two more games this season from last year's record than winning eight or, 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 or nine more games and trying to qualify for the playoff. So uh, I think I think the Rams might be um, uh, not in tank mode. I won't be that strong, but I, I did say that before. But certainly Caleb Williams, hopefully in the running for, for a franchise quarterback in the future. Yeah, you feel the floor is lower than the ceiling could be high. Yeah. At the top of the division, the 49ers are an odds-on favorite to win it all. Win total 10.5. They're favored and I want to say, 15 of their 17 games going into this season. But with Seattle putting the trust that they have in Geno Smith with a real breakout year for him last season, um, could Seattle compete with the 49ers for the division if the quarterback position ends up not playing out the way that, that San Francisco had hoped? I think so. I mean, I think Seattle has built uh, a nice roster. Uh, and the biggest question mark would be Geno. Can Geno Smith kind of back up what he did last year? Uh, and now uh, the 49ers, uh, they are the class of the division in terms of how rounded out their roster really is. But the question of, of Purdy staying healthy and, okay, Sam Darnold or Trey Lance and, and that, that thing. But, uh, no, I think Pete Carroll uh, and that culture that he has up there in Seattle is highly competitive. Uh, he's going to get the most out of those players. And he's got a lot of energy up there, which Pete Carroll really thrives on and, and, and certainly thrives with. And uh, he's got some hungry football players up there, up there as well. So uh, to me, it's all about the execution at the quarterback, a skilled position galore uh, surrounding Geno Smith. And then defensively, uh, I really like the culture that they developed. I, I'm, I'm going to expand my three-team race uh, to perhaps four teams in the NFC, uh, adding Seattle as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Seattle certainly can catch him. Mike, tell us about what you wrote about for the guide. Yeah, you know what? I, I talked about uh, nuances. I, I've talked about play selection uh, for for how comfortable offenses can be. You know, once you un, un, have an identity and you understand that identity, uh, can an offense stay true to that, that identity? Uh, and often, from a betting standpoint, look at play selection. Are they skewed either way because they can't adjust or they can't? Uh, implement their their system or their identity. Uh, I think that stands out. Nuances meaning, okay, can quarterbacks or certain players elevate an offense or elevate a defense? Like Michael Parsons, he elevates the defense, right? And uh, certainly Stephon Gilmore added to the mix with Diggs. You wonder uh, if the Cowboys can elevate uh, the nuances uh, of that scheme. I also talked about uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks and in waiting and the track record right there too. So you think about you know, players that, that are a Hall of Fame in waiting at the quarterback position, Warren Moon, Joe Montana, Kurt Warner, Phillip Rivers, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. I mean, all these guys uh, in new teams or new situations, they went to the playoff. Uh, and so 
I, I think Aaron Rodgers brings that to the mix as well. So look for, so look out for that with the Jets. Awesome stuff. As always, Pritch, really, really appreciate your input here and great job with the guide. I know Adam Burke did such hard work putting that thing together, but it requires so many of you guys to contribute and can't wait to get my hands on that thing Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Thanks, uh, a little thanks, player's Mike. perspective. Oh, thank you, Michael. And I'll certainly, uh, everybody contributing uh, certainly will make you a better better. So look out for that guide for sure. Great stuff. Absolutely. That's yep. Our guy, Mike Pritchard, make sure you check him out on Twitter as well. And, and, and Mike, Michael Lombardi. Now I always get, it's always tough for me when we have multiple Michael Mike's on the program, <laughs> but um, what did you think about what he said with, with Seattle though? Do you think that there's potential for them to compete at the top? I like Seattle yeah. a lot. I do. I like Seattle. I mean, you know, I think Gino played really well. His accuracy was impressive. I think they've improved their team. And defensively, I think this will be the best defense Pete Carroll's had, probably going back to 2015. Yeah, Pritch says he is expanding who to look at in the NFC, putting Seattle in that conversation. We're going to take a quick break here, but closing things out, our final segment next on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, remember, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip or nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, because we were just talking about the division finishing positions within the AFC North, 
If you do think that the Browns could leapfrog at least the Ravens as far as the division standings go, not only are there division finishes, but there's also like exact orders for the division and plus 750 for it to go Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, not too shabby. Um, Another division that we can take a look at here is the AFC South, Michael, and the Jags getting a lot of hype in this division. No love for the Titans, no love for the Colts or Texans, it appears either. You know what's amazing is the Titans are 425 for second. The Colts are just 550. I mean, they have Ryan Tannehill on the Titans. Like, the Titans aren't playing Will Levis, right? They have Ryan Tannehill. They're going to play. The reason Ryan Ryan Tannehill didn't get beat out last year, he got hurt. Mm -hmm. He's in the last year of his contract. He's he's the second-best quarterback in the division by, you know, and, and sometimes he'll play as good as Trevor Lawrence has played as bad as Trevor Lawrence has. So, I'm shocked that the Colts are are as close to the Titans as they are, knowing that the Colts are going to start a rookie quarterback who struggles to be consistently throwing the football. I, I kind of think this is a little upside down, if you will. I, I mean, yeah. I think the Titans should be closer to the Jaguars. I, I don't see how the Colts are going to be able to do this offensively. I know they're a better team than their record last year. They, you know, they beat Kansas City at home. I get all that. But you're talking about starting a rookie quarterback. A guy that's not really good at reading progressions. You're also starting about if you get behind in a game, he's got to throw drop back passes. Mm-hmm. How's that working? Mm-hmm. You going to Gardner Minshew? I just, I'm not sure about this. Well, and for the Titans, I feel like they're better than their record at the end of last year showed as well. Because, like, yes, I know they fell off a cliff at the back end of last season. They had the 7-3 and three start, but whereas we had a team like the Minnesota Vikings that won so many of these close one-score games, it felt like the Titans were always on the back end of that. Like, any time they had a close game, they just couldn't get it done, and that's what led to, what, seven games that they lost straight to end the regular season after that early good start? I mean, look, they lose to they, – they got Joshua Dobbs playing quarterback against Jacksonville. And everybody thinks Jacksonville is going to just run away with the north, uh, with the south, or and be like, oh, they're knocking on the door. I, I'm not so sure they're knocking on any door. I, I think they were fortunate to win that game. They won 20-16, to 16, you know, and, and let's – against Tennessee, who was beat up. They struggled. They they actually ran the football in that game. They ran for 147 yards. They only threw for a buck 65. And when you go through their season, you know, at the last parts of the season, they struggled. Uh, Tennessee had no quarterback. I mean, Tennessee couldn't do anything at quarterback. They're playing Malik. They, they, they couldn't run the ball, and they had no passing game. I don't know how that was going to work out. So, to me, I, once they're healthy, they're good on defense. You won't run the ball for 147 yards against them. It'll be hard. But I, I do think that they can compete with Jacksonville. I think if Tannehill can stay healthy and they get a weapon, if they were to get Hopkins, I think this 425 number would move a little bit because it would give them a better receiver, somebody that they could throw the ball to in critical downs. Yeah, I know you're a believer as well in Vrabel as a coach in general. When it comes to this Jacksonville team, though, I wonder – because it feels similar to the Lions and how they had success the back end of the season. And so this is kind of the the way that we're looking at this team because our most recent memory, that recency bias, is how strong they closed out the yep. year. Um, is that something that can be, like, buildable going into another season? Do we put too much stock in that last handful of, of seven, six games that we saw at the end of the last regular season? 
Well, it depends on how you win them, right? Depends if you're just dominating them and you're going through. Like, if you're Detroit and, you you know, you're really dominating, you're playing well. Obviously, they didn't play well against Carolina. They couldn't stop the run. But if you're playing well and you're drying through, whereas a team like Tennessee gets completely disrespected, you know, they have the win in Green Bay on Thursday night. Their offensive coordinator gets caught for drink, drinking and driving on the plane ride back home. They fire the general manager, right? The next week they play Cincinnati in a game where, you know, they're home against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, and, and that's a 20-16 to 16 game. I mean, they're right in that game all the way to the end, and they can't beat them, and, and they're, but they don't, you know, they're quarterback. And then they play Philly, get killed. Jacksonville, they don't have a quarterback, and so they start to lose out, and I think people have lost sight of it. You know, they've lost sight of it. I mean, they play in the Chargers in Los Angeles, and that's a 14-14 to 14 game with no quarterback. They held the Chargers to 17 points and have a chance to win that game, and they lose on a late field goal. So I just think sometimes the pendulum swifts too far the other way. Mm-hmm. Do I think the Titans are a Super Bowl team? No. Do I think they'll compete for the South? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think that, that they're better than, than Jacksonville? No, but they'll give Jacksonville a harder game. I think more people are going to give Jacksonville a harder game. Plus, what you said about the end of the season, okay, so they barely beat, they barely beat Jacksonville Excuse me. They barely beat Tennessee with with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Mm-hmm. They get behind the Chargers and should never have come back on that game. And then they get they get dominated by the Chiefs in a playoff game. I mean, like you go through the back of their season, they were kind of fortunate. You know, they played Houston. They played the Jets with no quarterback. They win a Dallas game in overtime, which was a you know you watch the tape on that game. They're fortunate to win that one. Yeah, it's interesting when you actually because. You know, casually, when you think about this team, you think, wow, they took a step forward with Doug Peterson. What a difference, a change of head coach and, you know, the right voice in the ear of your quarterback who was considered a generational talent coming into this league. Um, You look at that, you look at the win column with the nine and eight. But when you start really diving into each one of those games and the intricacies of how they played out, maybe we're just looking at it with too skewed of a lens here when it comes to Jacksonville, who, again, is an odds on favorite to go ahead and win this division. Um We'll ultimately have to wait and see how that is going to shake out. These last couple of minutes here, Michael, I want to kind of close talking College World Series because we do have the winner-take-all Game 3 coming up later tonight between LSU and Florida. And one conversation topic we didn't really get into too much earlier that I'm curious your opinion of as somebody who has been so close to so many teams throughout his career, how can a team like LSU mentally rebound from – the type of beatdown that they went through yesterday, because yes, they are a favorite today. Yes, they have their ace on the hill and Paul Skeens today as their starting uh, starting pitcher. But after you know getting embarrassed to the extent that they did yesterday, how hard is that for a group to refine themselves and come back? I think it's the easiest thing in sports the way they lost. Right? If they would have lost a nail biter, four three. They gave up a home run in the bottom of an inning or, or you know, they missed it. You know, they thought that they just the pitch hung and he didn't want it to hang. If there would have been just – if they'd have been so close and not made it, people hang on to that memory, right? The the players, oh, we were right there. We had it. We just had it. I mean, it's like, you know, Miami had a chance to win one of those playoff games down there against Denver and the ball went away and, you know, they and, – and I forget who got it. Michael Porter ended up getting it and put it back in to – to, to take the lead or to win the game. So, you know, that that's the situation. We had it right there and we lost it. Mm-hmm. When you lose 24-3, to three, you were never in the game. Like, you had no chance. Like, that was yesterday. 
And those are the easiest games to put behind you. Everybody thinks those games have residual effect. They have none. They have none. They're the easiest ones to just throw it away. That, that's not who we are. We've never been that. We were that day. We're moving on. It's those ones that you're so close. We could have. We should have. Maybe. And, you, and players hang on to that. And then when the moments get tight, oh, if we would have only made that play. If, then everybody goes back to that moment again yeah. when they're in a tight game, whereas nobody's going back to the 24-3 game. So I think it really benefits them. And yeah. I think they'll start today as if it was a new season. Yeah, and I mean, with a championship on the line, I feel like you're always going to get up for that. But I like what you said, just remember who we have been because what we saw on the field yesterday is not who we've been throughout the course of this entire season. Like, they have a potent lineup that led the SEC in batting average, sluggage, on-base percentage, and home runs. The guy who's starting for them on the hill today, 169 ERA across 122 and two-thirds innings, had 209 strikeouts and might be and the first pick walks. in the draft. And I mean, might, exactly. I mean, they're going to walk out the first pick in the draft, right? So Exactly. How can so, you get – yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reason to believe. Yeah, you just have to hope that he can stay out there long enough on just three days rest, which is very uncharacteristic for him throughout the course of this season. But I'm excited for it. LSU, Florida, going head-to-head. We'll see if we can get the under back tonight. I need it, Michael. <laughs> that's a that's Good job, a, Stormy. You too, my friend. That's a wrap for I'll us today on the Lombardi line. Yep, we'll be back later this week. Don't go anywhere. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.